What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Today's halftime snack features an exciting guest who's super enthusiastic about innovation and digitalization. He's a serial entrepreneur and startup founder who has had two successful exits so far in his career. Today, he's the founder of Breakstuff, an AI-driven and blockchain-based shop for sports card collectors and investors. They offer a complete digital ecosystem that includes a social network, a marketplace, and AI grading for cards. I'm excited to learn from him about everything related to collectibles, NFTs, and the role in sports. Allow me to introduce Michael Schneider. Hi, Ronan. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Michael, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, how about we kick it off with an icebreaker, Michael? If you could choose only one talent to grow and develop the most super quickly, what, what talent would you, would you choose? When I look back in the last few years, multitasking is, is, is the way to go for me. It was, was, was really the, the, the most important skill and task uh, uh, I had in mind and I had to do. Um, so uh, before I started Break Stuff, you, you mentioned it, uh, I started a few companies. And when you are a serial entrepreneur, you don't have some one specific thing you concentrate on. As a founder, you make everything. And, and uh, therefore, you need the skill, definitely. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about being a serial entrepreneur. Okay, you, you've had two successful mm -hmm. uh, exits. And I'm sure that you are, you're not done yet. You, I'm sure that you, you know, I, I've met some, some serial entrepreneurs. And, I, and one of the things they say is that They're not done and they, they, they know they want more. So probably you have the same, mm -hmm. the same spirit. Um, let's talk maybe about what, what do you think are the pros and the cons of, of being a serial entrepreneur? Can you think about like two uh, advantages and two disadvantages of being a serial entrepreneur? Yeah, sure. Um, I would say as a serial entrepreneur, as I mentioned before, you, are, you have to do many things because when you start up a company, um from scratch um yeah you have to do everything and you have to learn everything and you have to fail and stand up and do it again uh, in a better way so i guess it's the most important thing you have to learn to fail fast to learn from it stand up and do it better so um maybe it's some some phrase you you you've heard Uh, somewhere else, but at the end it, it came back to this. Yeah, so we have to learn fast, and that's also the the biggest advantage that you have as an entrepreneur. Um, you don't come from school or from university, and, and can, you can you cannot say, okay, now I'm ready to be a serial entrepreneur. Maybe you have a good basement, you have a good uh, yeah, yeah uh, background, but at the end you have to learn it. Yeah, and that can also be done only be done when you start up a company. So. It came all back to this, in my, in my opinion. And yeah, to learn from your failures. I've also spoken on fuck-up nights as well, as I'm celebrating my success. So yeah, yeah, 
you have to stand stand up for your failures and for the success you have right? to learn yeah for those for those that maybe don't know fuck up nights it's an amazing concept mm -hmm. created i think that it was created in europe uh there's also in israel mm -hmm. uh where people get together especially especially like entrepreneurs and founders and they just share uh how they fucked up <laughs> literally like their <laughs> yeah, failures sure, yeah. and 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 the things that you know they messed is there any failure that first come to mind on for you michael that you want to share super quickly in one or two mm -hmm. minutes the story of of how like you failed and then how you overcome it is there any in, in your in your in your history as an entrepreneur is there any story mm -hmm. quick quick story that you you'd like to share with us Yeah, it's, it's not really sports uh, specific, but at the end of my last startup, which I've exited uh, successfully this this year, um, I had a lot of failures yeah, over there. Um, just jump in a topic, for example, or in an industry um, before I have done any research or uh, marketing strategy. So that all came falls back to, to myself and, 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 and yeah, uh, a lot of, of this. And I would say, yeah, do not... The focus is also very, very important. Yeah, don't don't focus on too many topics. Um, do it one by one, and if you don't have the time, outsource it. So let anybody else do it. Yeah, that you have to focus on the on the most important things. Yeah. That's an amazing, an amazing story, an amazing lesson. Thank you for sharing it, Michael. Um, you've been a card collector since you were young, specifically on basketball cards. Um, And maybe that kind of like influenced you into building uh, or pushed you to uh, break stuff. Now, this is actually super funny, right? Because it's pu it's pushing you to break stuff. That sounds like uh, like you're you're some kind of like degenerate guy who wants to just break stuff. Right. But no, that's the name. That's the name <laughs> of the company. And I love the name. Big fan of it. Um, so, <laughs> so, Michael, tell, tell us maybe. Um, two or three other things besides uh, collectibles that you were mm -hmm. very passionate about. And we're going to get into collectibles in, in just a few minutes. But besides that, sure. are there two or three things that you remember from from your, your, your background or your experiences mm -hmm. that pushed you to break stuff and not literally, but to build break stuff app, the, the collectibles mm -hmm. um, company that you're building? Sure. Um, first of all, uh, a few words to the uh, to uh, entrepreneurship and serial uh, serial entrepreneur. Being a serial entrepreneur, um, I, I started uh, companies not because the idea of starting a company or because I liked the idea of it. I, I stumbled into it, I would say, yeah? because first of all, because of my passion for music and DJing. I, I founded a, an event agency and then I was moving with my family and didn't find any moving company in the internet where it was not very transparent. Um, so I created a comparison platform. Yeah, um, It was not a plan at all. It was also not a plan for break stuff. It was just a personal uh, passion. Yeah? I started collecting basketball cards, as you mentioned, in the 90s. Uh, every, everybody will know Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, um, this era, um, and trading cards were everywhere. Um, that was my first touch point, I would say, with trading cards. But then I forgot about it, yeah, uh, and I came back to the hobby 
uh, around 2017-2018. Yeah? Just for the personal uh, interest and the passion for, for basketball in general and playing fantasy sports a lot brought me back to, to collecting trading cards. Yeah? And the idea also popped up a few months later by talking to a lot of collectors and then also in later uh, a lot of investors um, there are a lot of pain points in the community yeah? and a lack of digitalization. Yeah? And COVID, of course, accelerated it yeah, in the end. And that's where we're here right now. Yeah? Short story. <laughs> so that, that's very interesting because you, you have the perspective of someone who enjoyed collectibles and, and collected uh, your own uh, cards back in the 90s and then came back to to the space when you saw or you heard that um, collectibles started to go digital. Um, so let's talk about collectibles in the new era, right? The the mm -hmm. the, the where the where we are, um, the the new you know NFT space. Um, where we're standing in terms of um, developments for it. What what do you think about? Where are we standing? I, I know you, you quickly mentioned there are a lot of pain points in there and there are still uh, tools and solutions uh, need to be created and probably that's also why you created BreakStuff. Um, how exactly did you realize those, those, uh, those pain points? Did you got in mm -hmm. or started buying NFTs and, and got into the space and figured out, oh, the, the, there needs to be this and that or... Uh, you kind of like understood it really quickly and tried to figure it out if there was ways of doing things that you wanted to do but weren't available like how exactly did you did you realize that there were some pain points in the space as as we know it right now mm -hmm. yeah um regarding nfts i will come back to this in a second because um the original starting point of the of breaks of and my idea of becoming an entrepreneur in that space was originally um, when I started collecting physical cards, it's all about physical cards as well um, at the end. But I started in 2018 and uh, I was collecting cards and then thinking about what can I do? I won't, I will not uh, buy and sell on eBay because of the high fees and, and uh, a lot of other stuff. So why not create an own marketplace? Uh, with no coding experience, I set it up, onboarded a few hundred users, make some sales. I made some sales, but at the end, I quickly realized okay that's it's nice to have but um, you have to provide more usb more features to the community which is necessary and then all with the COVID stuff and also a lot of entrepreneurs investors came into the hobby um, we see it's also an investment case it's far beyond just collecting also as a personal interest and then i found out yeah in, in a lot of talks that Grading is also an important part in the community because when you send in a physical card to the to the states, there are only a few companies. Um, they are trusted. Um, they were overrun by the demand by the submissions. So they had, for example, PSA, the market leader of grading uh, sports cards, has a backlog um, of 10 million cards. So yeah, they they are working on it right now to to get it reduced. But we see there is a lot of demand. Uh, there are a lot of submissions of cards, but there's no di digitalization. There's no digital alternative um, to help them reduce the backlogs. Okay, they have now acquired some, some AI company 
um, and they're working better in that space. So we will see a change here. And then uh, recently NFT came back, uh, not came back, but came into the, into the space as well. And that's very interesting to see the, the combination of physical items and digital items. And by, by grading, you mean, mm -hmm. is, is this like a process in, in the market where basically experts on uh, trading cards and people who are very, very familiar with those or have a specific like checklist that they check, is, is mm -hmm. grading a, a tool that provides authenticity and verification for those trading cards? Is that what grading really is? Or is it just a way of just saying, the quality of this card mm -hmm. is uh, graded at a specific scale uh, because it hasn't been taken care of or it doesn't really look legit. Like how exactly grading mm -hmm. works, if you could just mm -hmm. share a few words, because you mentioned grading. Sure. And I know that it's also a very important part of Breakstuff. Breakstuff so yeah. I want to understand what exactly mm -hmm. does grading mean in the market. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because when you get a good grade, it can increase the value of a card by three to four X uh, on average, but yeah, there's no limit uh, regarding it, depending on the card, of course. But at the end, it's that's why everybody wants to submit his cards to get an increase of, of their value. Um, what, what is grading in general? Um, it's both, yeah? It's some kind of verification, authenticity, and it's um, also a visual check if the centering, the print, is fine if the corners, the edges are in good shape and also the surface and all stuff like that. So it, it's it's some, 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 they are working a lot of graders at the companies. They take a look at your cards, they put it in a card holder, they print out the label and then send it back to you with a grade between one and 10, but it, it's it's different. Everybody, every company has their own own notes and an own uh, uh, yeah, system. Yeah. That's very that's very interesting because you know I always debated, uh, for instance, in my newsletter when I when I wrote about a couple of digital collectible companies mm -hmm. companies like F1 Delta Time and NBA Top Shot, which I'm sure uh, you're quite familiar mm -hmm. with them. I sure. I always went back and like kind of like debated debated how like digitalization really is a game changer for collectibles or also on physical and real life like. The, the objects that people collected from, you know, years and years ago, things that everyone has, like, for instance, I have a uh, basketball uh, signed by Michael Jordan, actually, and another one from Ronaldo, the, the, the one from, from Brazil, not the one for Portugal, because everyone confuses them. <laughs> but, um, and the thing is that, Like, I wonder, like, in the future, say I want to sell them or whatever, like, people are going to say, yeah, but how, how can, like, we know those are legit, right? How can we know mm -hmm. those are authentic and that they were actually signed by Michael Jordan, right? So, uh, or Ronaldo. So, the, the whole physical element, putting it, putting it into digital is one that I'm very fascinated about. And, I, and when I think that, you know, as long as, like, couple of like factors could be included like uh how scarce this element is or how exclusive how popular how like what's the the quality uh, uh, of these objects then that like kind of like gets it uh get gets me or a better grade as you mentioned with you know the tools that that uh that you mentioned of grading in ai um uh, but that are different 
than just having the object you know what i'm saying so i wonder like how how exactly are you thinking about break stuff uh, for that and also like how how the, how break stuff plans to be different from other marketplaces uh in the space of collectibles and how um how like what what do you think about break stuff for its competitive advantage and its like differentiator mm -hmm. yeah i would say it all comes to this one-stop shop approach that we are offering meaning um when you are a collector you want to talk about your personal interest your passion or your investment case whatever um, you have to go to different social networks we all know uh, and talk and find your niche find your friend the contacts and talk to them on the other hand you have to use different marketplaces with different kind of fees uh, like ebay or other other niche marketplaces and for grading as i mentioned before you have to submit it physically to the states and that that will cost you some maybe 30 bucks or more depending on the submission and you have to wait at the moment for six months maybe eight months yeah to get the card back so when you want to flip it from from the investor perspective that's a no-go so you need an an objective and a third-party opinion right now maybe the player has a good uh, streak and a hot streak yeah and you want to sell it on the peak you have to You, have, you need the grading right now and then flip it on the marketplace. Tomorrow he can have a bad game and it's all, all gone, the value. So, um, yeah, and therefore we see our, our advantage, uh, our, our value pr proposition um, on the market um, to offer everything out of one hand, bring, the, bring digital feat, features for the physical items yeah, and, and provide them. And also then co connected with the NFT case. Yeah, we haven't been there, there yet, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that as well. So it's it's very uh, interesting. Yeah. So l let's let's go to that that point. Um, NFTs, non fungible tokens. For those who don't know what what this is, I don't know what rock you've been living under, um, <laughs> but. And non-fungible tokens basically represent something unique. It's something that it's uh, you can't change it. It's 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 basically it's unique. Um, and and there are uh, digital assets that are becoming NFTs, non-fungible tokens, to allow people to interact and gather uh, digital goods, right? Because people love to collect goods, uh, but how they will collect digital goods? Then NFTs is the answer. Um, You also mentioned you also mentioned uh, investment asset or flipping, uh, which is mm -hmm. you know very quite unique term in in the space. Flipping is basically just buying low and selling high when it comes to a digital good. Um, what do you think about that new investment vehicle as NFTs? What, what what are your thoughts about the people that are actually buying just because they know eventually uh, value will change ma mainly from from the massive amount of change in demand meaning that eventually if there's 10 people now in the market when there will be 2,000 people in the market the price of my my asset is obviously obviously going to increase of course this is just an example but do you think it's legit do you think if there's actually an investment vehicle over there that's going to be carrying you know as any other asset it's going to be carrying its own risk it's going to be carrying its own variation and its own volatility like what are your thoughts around that michael mm -hmm. yeah good question i would say um 
also comparing both both worlds, the physical world and the digital world, uh, I see differences here, especially when it comes to the investor investor perspective. So when you when you take a look at the physical aspect, it's more a long term, more a passion thing. You're more related maybe to sports. There is some personal interest here, and on digital space, you maybe have that as well. But you're coming more from the investor and crypto side, I would say, yeah, uh, and taking more uh, the more your more interest is here regarding the, the short-term investment. Maybe also long-term, but I'm, I'm seeing it more as a short-term perspective because you mentioned flipping when we talked about that. It's yeah generating revenue at the end, yeah, of course. Um, but I see both worlds really coexisting because um, the physical trading cards world have been, has been there since, since yeah, the last uh, century, yeah. And um, when you take a look at vintage basketball cards, there was there was the highest sales record um, during the year with 6.6 millions for a Mickey Mantle uh, vintage rookie card. Um, when you compare it to the NFT space, you you don't have these sales records yet. But of course, there's also high sales. When you take when you take a look at the soccer cards, for for example, Messi or Ronaldo, the the Portuguese one, yeah? um, they sold for. Uh, a few hundred thousand and Messi, I guess, on for one million uh, NFTs. Yeah, so it's coming there as well. Um, but I see them both coexisting, and and it's a little bit different. Yeah, when you take a look, at what what kind of user base, what kind of uh, uh, people are in there? But it's yeah, very interesting, and and yeah, it will rise for sure. We are just in the early phase of this market. And for those that maybe are very less knowledgeable about cards in specific or collectibles in specific how exactly should they think if mm -hmm. if people listening here this episode are thinking okay this sounds very exciting i know this like this michael is like super legit about the the future of of nfts and about collectibles and of course there's some there's something there and i want to get in there it's just that i don't understand anything about it what would you say are kind of like the most relevant factors that will drive the price of a specific card or asset? I know that you mentioned grading. So probably, you know, the first thing you do is you try to figure out what's the grade on this specific asset. Uh, but how exactly can you predict or think about uh, what, what's going to drive changes in prices that will benefit me as an amateur investor, of course? Not thinking about the long term, thinking about mm -hmm. I want to I want to maybe flip a couple of cards. I want to maybe flip a couple of NBA top shot moments or I want to, you know, find opportunities in, in that space. Uh, is there any like kind of like not advice, but mm -hmm. if, if like friends from from friends come and ask you like what they should put attention to, is there anything any two, three or four things that come to mind that you would tell them, you know, look at look at this, look at that. Is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for the physical aspect, you said you mentioned grading. That's that's the most important part here. But on the digital side, you, you don't need a grading for sure. That's 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 clear. But um, it came all about scarcity. So um, when they release, when you when you when you find out about the release of NFTs, whatever it is, avatars. Um, trading cards, other collectibles, yeah. It's all about how they market it, you know, how the marketing works, and then the hype is created around it, and uh, and regarding the scarcity. So um, that's also the value. The most value is, is about uh, NFTs. They are not they are hard to get, of course, and they will rise in value 
when you when you be one of the first to get into this drop, um, then you have an, a big advantage here. Yeah. After that, you can make a lot of money with trades, with sales, um, but you have to be yeah, really on top. Subscri subscribe to, to many as many newsletters as possible, like yours, Ronan, um, <laughs> and other sports tech guys. And NFT guys, of course, go on Twitter and stuff like that, make your research and be be one of the first movers. Yeah. Um, invest some money and then that that can really pay off. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I can say. The rest must uh, yeah, you have to do your own research and and, and see. Interesting, interesting. Um mm -hmm. Michael, the, we all know that in the recent one or two years, the NFT space and collectibles re literally boomed. Like they went crazy and, and everyone started, you know, getting into it and everything. Like actually, I knew about it probably less than a year ago. So I consider myself also an early adopter. Um, but it is very, very new, very fresh. And of course, everything that goes up probably has to readjust itself at a uh, at, 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 at specific time. So um, I wonder what's your take on how this space becomes sustainable and trusted by the pub by the general public, meaning how do we go from like a couple of like degenerates that uh, were super, you know, bullish on this specific space and that got in and probably drove pr prices insane and and just made all the media outlets talk about it for a while but then kind of like re reduced the, the, the popularity and came back to the idea that only a few people are in there but we're not there in massive adop adoption yet um how do we make it sustainable how do we bring in the the general public and how exactly are you thinking about that for break stuff break stuff Like how, how, what is your, what is your plan to making the space sustainable for everyone and available and trusted by the public? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. I would say when it comes to physical aspect, you have every, every US sport fan until uh, the Wall Street broker. Everybody is, is, is investing and excited about this hobby. You have a lot of options here. Um, in the digital space, it's, we are very early, as, as mentioned, and Of course, this technology, blockchain technology, everything that's uh, in connection with NFTs has to develop, has to, to get mature. Yeah, um, But we will see it will come sooner or later. Um, at the end, you have to, to make your own research, as I mentioned. You have to um, yeah, stick to that and um, yeah, find out what's, what's really carrying the value yeah? uh, and then get inside, yeah? get get into it, um, invest, and see how it goes. But at the end, I would say it's the technology, when you take a look at Bitcoin, for example, you see that it's also becoming mainstream. Everybody wants to invest in crypto. Um, you can pay with crypto, with Bitcoin in El Salvador, I, I heard today. Um, so you can pay your meal and everything else. So um, yeah, it's getting more mainstream. So it's just a matter of time, I would say. And the technology is also... Uh, developing in a really fast pace so yeah just a matter of time until everybody uh, can can really get quickly into it open his own wallet and yeah buy his nfts yeah and i think that uh, probably just just gonna add one more thing to your point is that that mm -hmm. interoperability between what your your asset your digital asset is and what it can do 
right? Because as you mentioned, social networks is like kind of like important, like how you interact with it with your friends and with other people in the community um, or what kind of benefits it can give you, right? If everyone uh, owns a specific NFT around Miami Heat and those that own it go to the game and they have a specific, you know, benefit during during the game or whatever, like then, and then people are going to be like, oh, so I also need that. So they're going to start buying, right? It's like merch um probably not the best example but whatever uh, so so the but i know what you mean yeah the idea is is how can we make those things more useful and give give options to people to to uh, essentially have benefits from them and have more reasons than just having an investment vehicle or just something because of the hype to be there right it's more of like a reason Absolutely. like give me a reason right or just, I would say, utility. Yeah, uh, NFTs with, with utility. Um, I guess it's an it's an important point. Yeah, because when you uh, take a look, for example, at Soare from France, they connecting their NFTs with fantasy football, uh, for example. And great stuff. When I, when I came back to this, we create uh, when you scan your card, you you get this instant AI grading, and you can also mint your own NFT. Then you can create an NFT out of it just for showcasing and say, hey. That's, that's my newest card, graded as a 10 from Luka Doncic, uh, for example, and it's nice animated and it's really fancy, yeah, I would say. Uh, or you use it to, to gain attraction on the marketplace, to find better, better buyers or a better uh, get a better sales, sales price out of it. Um, and on the other hand, we are also interested to release unique NFT series with famous clubs and, and uh, athletes for sure. It's a, it's a uh, yeah, it's a hard to... Um, I would say business because a lot of um, companies and, and deals are, 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 are always in the uh, in the making. But yeah, we will. We have some contacts here, so we will. We're gonna release that. Uh, release something else as well. And yeah, I would say that's that makes it really, uh, yeah, really unique and also has the utility in the specific ecosystem. And you mentioned um, that Breakstuff is. Uh, launching on two, 2022 first first quarter of of next year um mm -hmm. so it's currently under development so i just want to yeah. wonder if you can just give us a quick you know behind the scenes of what's going on there like what 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 are you developing as a, as of now like is it like the marketplace or that you're making sure that everything works techni technically speaking or that you're building specific tools for then uh, being able to launch it. What else like are you cooking? Like what's in the oven for break stuff? If you, you know, I know, I know maybe you don't want to be sharing everything because of competitors and everything, but uh, if you can just give us a very clear overview of what are you thinking and what's your timeline? What's the roadmap for, for break stuff? I can share um, some insights. I would say we are working as I mentioned, social network marketplace and then the core features, of course, the AI grading and machine learning. And, and that's the most important part and it needs also the most, most attention, I would say, working on this. Yeah, because you gain a lot of data during the process and you have to to yeah to take care of it and and, and get the results out you want to. Yeah? So it has to be um, very specific. Uh, and accurate, of course. Yeah, and we are working on this right now to get a little bit more better results that we have right now in the test phase. But we are very optimistic to release the first prototype to our early adopters on the waiting list in in, in during January. And then after the feedback and, and all the bug fixing stuff, we release it in the stores 
So February is, is very realistic to see. We are also in a lot of investor talks. I've pitched the case uh, in Austria here. It's like the shark tank in, in America. Um, um, yeah, really, really exciting. Uh, um, and yeah, we got, we got some uh, few very interesting offers, but we have to close the deal for sure that, that uh, lasts a few weeks. But yeah, it would be great to have the, them on board and, and really scale I'm looking forward to it, uh, Michael. It's been such a fun time hosting you on, on the Halftime Snacks. Uh, I can't leave without asking you a last and more personal question. And that is, if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, say 20 years younger self, uh, what would it be? Um, to my younger self, I would say, um, yeah, Don't be shy, yeah. Go forward, talk to people about your ideas and yeah, focus on them, yeah. And no looking back. <laughs>